Folks, the uh, the NHL trade deadline is rolling up upon us, but the NHL has decided there is no time like the present, and they have made a couple of trades. We're going to talk about those trades, what the aftermath might mean for the Jets, and what you can expect happening over the next couple of days as NHL teams from around the league try and vie for what they think is the best version of their playoff roster. Are the Jets one of those teams? We'll talk about whether they should really be interested or who they could potentially pursue if, in fact, they decide to be maybe a little bit more ambitious than we expected. All this coming right up on tonight's Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Your Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If this is your first time listening or if you are a veteran listener and aren't yet subscribed, be sure to hit that subscription button right now on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and Odyssey. Doing so is 100% free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, tonight's episode is going to be pretty jam-packed with some thoughts on the trade deadline, which is rolling up upon us. Obviously, the Jets are going to be... Uh, a bit of a subject of contention for some because Winnipeg, it's in a weird spot, right? The Jets don't really seem to be buyers, but they're also not indicating that they're selling anyone. So when you find yourself stuck in a position like the Jets are, oftentimes, you know, I, I think that there's a tendency to maybe be a bit conservative. With Winnipeg, I don't really feel that that would be the best option, but, you know, it, it is what it is. We'll talk about uh, some of their choices and what might actually make the most sense for the Jets if they're actually intent on making the postseason and trying to bring in that playoff revenue. But before we talk about the Jets, there are quite a few uh, trades from around the NHL that have already emerged. Uh, This is obviously very busy times for a lot of teams, and uh, the first name to come off the board is Frank Vitrano, heading to the New York Rangers in exchange for a 2022 fourth-round pick. Now, Vitrano at one point was one of those guys that I think always really grades well by microstats tracking, He is an interesting middle six winger with a decent shot, and I know that many people were always uh, very big supporters of his, especially when he was first making like his attempt at a Boston career. The thing with Vitrano is that his skill sets and stuff just never really materialized into uh, a top six talent. I I think that there were tools there for him to work with, but either due to the lack of ice time or just his own personal abilities— Um, his career never really took off in the way that you would expect. Now, despite all of that this season, he's actually putting up pretty okay numbers. He's got 19 points in 49 games, which isn't too, too bad. Um, And Vitrano has typically graded well by shot creation metrics. Not so sure on the defensive front of things, and maybe this season he's taken a step back. But in terms of, like, somebody who's often really attacking the slot and being super aggressive, Vitrano has historically been this kind of player. So, you know, maybe the Rangers are, are looking to fortify that bottom six, maybe give their third or fourth line a bit of a boost. 
you know, you're not going to get like a, a lot of defensive value out of Frank, but if you're looking for maybe a little bit of supplemental scoring or something, I don't think he's the worst. And for a fourth round pick, you really can't be too upset. He's cheap. He's, a, you know, a low risk, potentially moderate yield reward. And if the Rangers don't really want to commit a lot of assets into the deadline because, you know, they, they want to keep stuff on hand for if they have to kind of kickstart their rebuild again, this isn't the worst kind of uh, pathway to take. Now, there were plenty of other trades that occurred, but there were a couple of other roster moves from some teams that I think are actually worth spotlighting first, in part because at least one of these players was heavily rumored to be mentioned in trade discussions, and that player is Tomasz Hurdle. Hurdle has actually re-signed for eight years at a little over $8 million per season, which this is a, uh, a very monstrous contract, and as much as I love Hurdle, I do have some questions about it, in part because Tomasz, you know, he hasn't really stayed healthy, um... And it's just, it's a lot of money to commit to a guy who's like, what, 27, 28. And I do love Hurdle again. I think he's a phenomenal player. But in terms of where the Sharks are, in terms of Hurdle's own injury history and what the Sharks are probably looking to do in the future, I don't know if I would really have thought this one as the best choice of action. By the same token, for the first several years, you're getting a monster player who's one of the most creative attacking centers in the entire league, really one of the most gifted skaters in general. Um, and if if Hurdle actually stays healthy for a decent stretch of time, he is going to light this league up. I mean, he's always been doing it for many years. He's still one of the most creative sharks out there. So, you know, darned if you do, darned if you don't. Now, he does have a, a no-movement clause and a partial uh, no-trade clause for the first several years. It seems like they kind of expect him to start to decline once he hits his 30s, and if that's the case, then they would be interested in moving him, and his contract seems to have the structure for that, which I think is actually pretty okay. So, in this respect, I think the, the Sharks are kind of looking at this uh, in terms of, we know that he's going to be good for maybe three to five years at most, and after that, you'll start to see him dip off. That's when we can maybe pay somebody to take his deal. But while he's still productive, you want to make the most of it, and it seems like San Jose is very much on track to do that. Aside from uh, Tomas being re-signed, we had a couple of other interesting transactions. The one that definitely stood out is Matthew Perot being waived. Now, no one else would really care about this except for maybe Montreal and Winnipeg fans, but you know, as a Jets podcast and as a Jets fan, I think most of us would probably agree with this notion that Pro has maybe been one of the most beloved Jets acquisitions of, of really this entire 2.0 franchise. Um, Frenchie has always been beloved by a significant chunk of the fan base. He is an advanced stats starling. He loves to uh, be the life of the hockey party, so to speak. Very big personality, very outspoken. He's got a great mustache. And in terms of his on-ice performance, one of the most effective uh, Swiss Army Knife players, you know, the, the league has ever really seen. We've had guys who can elevate lines uh, by being such, you know, ferocious four-checkers, creative players down low, especially near the goal line or the slot, and Perot was always this kind of guy. If he hadn't been injured so much, I think the perception around him maybe would have been a little bit different, but, you know, right before he left Winnipeg, we started to see that old Matthew Perot come back where a healthy stretch shows he can score, he can create great passes, his... Um, Pesky forechecking and wall work are, are both phenomenal. He's just kind of like a weird, almost Marchand-like kind of player, but, you know, very skilled and very effective, but, you know, also much cheaper, right? And without the durability, which is kind of a big thing. All that said, I would love for the Jets to bring him back, 
I don't know how that would happen, but if they were to claim him off waivers or maybe make a really cheap trade for him, I would be very on board with that for a couple of reasons. And the trading part I'll talk about later in this episode, because I think that there is something to be said about the Jets wanting to stand pat, but maybe not wanting to overcommit a lot of resources into meaningless rentals. So we'll explore the Perot deal maybe later on this show and uh, continue talking about some of the really crazy NHL trades that have happened in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I thought you should hear about BetOnline.net and why they should be your number one choice for all of your online betting needs, especially as we roll up on these hotly contested and very exciting NHL playoff runs. Football might be over, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this upcoming playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. Not into football? No problem. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. They've even got great lines for all of you Winnipeg Jets fans. From player points totals to award winners and more. Want to bet on Hellebuck winning another Vezina trophy? Log into BetOnline.net right now and place your bet. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. To get started, register for a free account with BetOnline.net right now. Start winning today, because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. You should also be checking out one of our other fantastic podcasts, hosting a very cool trade deadline special on Monday, March 21st at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. You can tune in to Locked On Fantasy Hockey's live trade deadline reaction show to get all the on-ice, fantasy, and betting analysis you need from hosts Steele Rodon and Philip Livingston. They'll be joined by our roster of local team experts throughout the show, so be sure to tune in as soon as possible. You can also catch my trade deadline thoughts on the following Tuesday. I'll give some thoughts on whatever Winnipeg does or doesn't and give you some maybe key takeaways from the biggest trades or even some smaller ones if time allows. Now, like I mentioned, you know, the NHL had a bit of trade deadline action already. We've seen some transactions made, and a couple of them maybe raised some eyebrows. Uh, one of the larger ones today ended up being Cali Yarncroft from Seattle to Calgary, and in this case, what uh, the Flames paid was Florida's 2022 second round pick, a 2023 third round pick, and a 2024 seventh round pick. And then Seattle ends up retaining 50% of the salary to make the cap situation a little bit more livable. This one for me is kind of a funny trade because Yarncroc, you know, as effective as he is for a middle six two-way forward, I kind of feel like that might be a little bit pricey. I forget if Cali is actually one of those guys that has term, but in terms of uh, a player that can be at least a solid defensive two-way forward that you can deploy in multiple positions... I, I think Sutter would probably be pretty happy with this. Uh, and the Flames, they didn't pay, like, something exorbitant. You know, the second-round pick from Florida is going to be very late. And the 2023 third-round pick is still a lottery ticket at the end of the day, even though the 2023 draft is looking very deep. So you might say that for the Flames, who are maybe thinking of a surprise run, one that could potentially be very deep if they play their cards right. It's not the most expensive deal. Um, I do think, though, that... In the long run, I don't know if Yarncroc really moves the needle enough to make Calgary that much better. I feel like the Flames need an elite finisher from somewhere, and the only way that they could really do that is by trading some really big pieces. And so 
this feels more like a uh, like a consolidation of their depth players and adding to the um, the middle six core so that in, in case of injury or just adding a little bit more defensive reliability, uh, the Flames can avoid overpaying for anything super crazy. Now, there was apparently a lot of competition for Yarncroc, which is interesting, I think. Uh, Yarncroc, for me, I, I just don't know how much he would really be able to move the needle for most teams, but I think he plays the style that NHL GMs foam at the mouth for, so I could have seen a lot of teams paying a, a decent price, and that's maybe why this was such a large package of picks. Um, you know, that plus the retained salary is always super valuable for a squad, uh, but, you know, the Flames, I, I guess they did okay. I don't really have any particular feelings on this trade other than it happened and it's it's an okay deal. But if anyone is really happy about this trade, it's definitely uh, Winnipeg's management because it does mean that Andrew Kropp's trade value is probably pretty decent, expiring free agent that he may be. Aside from Yarncroc, the other big deal is actually involving a former Winnipeg Jets player, Ben Sherratt. He's been traded to the Florida Panthers for... Tyler Smilanich, uh, a first-round pick from 2023, and a fourth-round pick from 2022. This is actually pretty expensive, I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't know much about Smilanich, uh, if I'm actually pronouncing his last name correctly, I hope so, but the first-rounder from 2023, it's not going to be like a super high pick, but if that, that draft is really as deep as everyone is saying it is, this is a really good first to give up, and it's one that you know, the Panthers don't necessarily need. I, I always have a thing about trading at the uh, deadline. You're usually going to overpay no matter what. And the asset that you're going to get for the prospects and stuff that you give up may not really be that great of a player. And that's kind of where I'm at with Sherratt. You know, Ben defensively is a bit of a sieve. Uh, and while he does work really hard and he's a very physical, engaged player, the lack of play reading IQ um, and some of the really poor turnovers he makes along with his occasional lack of mobility makes me think that for the Panthers, you would really have to hope he fits their system well. Now, when he first joined Montreal, he was actually racking up a pretty decent amount of points. Uh, he was scoring goals. He uh, was apparently having a bit of a renaissance season. But I think we all knew that at some point the bubble was probably going to burst on what his his true potential and, and level of play was. And I think we've seen that recently, even with uh, Montreal struggles taken into account, you know, Sherratt's not really having the best season. He is what he is, which is like a, a third pairing defender. And that's probably the, the top end of what you're looking at. Maybe a second pairing guy, if you're being really generous. But I, I think if you're asking a lot more of him, you might be a bit disappointed. I think his big shot can be useful on stuff like the power play, maybe. Um, although I wouldn't really want to see him there in general. I think if you're using him on special teams, you've probably got bigger issues. But, you know, if that's what you're really relying on, I, I mean, sure, I guess. I, I just don't really know what else he would be able to bring to a Panthers team that's already so deep. I mean, that's the other thing, right? You're looking at that that roster and you're really thinking about how the Panthers are trying to improve the team. And does Sherratt actually upgrade on anyone? I don't really feel that's the case. I could be wrong, but Sherratt for that price, it just feels like too much. And I don't really feel like Panthers uh, actually needed to make this move. Speaking of needing to make moves, we'll talk about what the Jets might do with the emerging market and what it could mean for us as fans. Are we going to be happy with trade deadline day or are we going to be very upset? You'll find out in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome to these closing thoughts on tonight's Locked On Winnipeg Jets. 
We have uh, talked about some hot trade deadline action early on. You know, Ben Schrock getting traded to the Panthers. Um, Kelly Arncroft heading out to Calgary, which is a bit of an interesting move. Now, for the Jets, obviously, this is a strange time because the team is starting to show that it, it can, in fact, win games, but not really in a way that I feel is ultimately sustainable. I think the Jets could potentially put themselves in the playoff spot, but beyond that, I don't really feel that they're actually good enough to advance beyond a round or two. It'd have to really come down to Hellebuck being uh, back to his best, and I, I just I don't really feel like that's a safe gamble. As good as Hell he is, he hasn't really been at the top of his form recently, and I, I don't feel that that is the kind of bet you really want to make if you're trying to spend assets and build the best possible contender, right? The only reason I would be happy for the Jets to spend assets is if they were bringing in guys that they intended to keep around long-term, like Brock Besser, you know, Travis Konechny, Dylan Strome. These are players who aren't really rentals, but can certainly help you in the present if that is your intention. What I would actually be okay with, though, is if the Jets publicly said that they wanted to make the postseason, but still sold off their expiring deals. I think Kopp and Stastny are actually worth a pretty decent amount right now. Kopp especially has a, a pretty big trade price tag. I mean, if Yarncroc brought in like three different picks from a couple of different drafts, um, and he, I, again, he does have like salary retained and stuff, but even then, you know, Kopp is a much more superior player. And sure, again, Kopp is an expiring free agent, so obviously that does ding his value, but teams always pay a lot for really premium rentals, and I think Kopp is easily worth a first. I don't know what kind of first, but certainly one in the uh, middle to the back end of the draft. You might even squeeze out a college uh, you know, uh, prospect or something additionally in this whole package for Andrew. So I really feel like the Jets have some incentive to let him go. He's not re-signing. I think that's very clear, and I wouldn't be super in love with a 5x5 five five deal, even if they were. Uh, and so I think on that, you know, on that note, I would be okay with them letting him go. What I also would be okay with is if they brought in a guy like Matthew Perot. I mentioned him earlier in the show because I think he presents a really decent opportunity to help the Jets fortify their middle six and bottom six, especially if they are trying to make the playoffs. And he's also going to be super cheap. You know, if he's getting waived, you might as well just claim him or something. Although you could run into the issue of having to waive him again later on. But, you know, how many teams are really jumping at the bit to try and bring Perot in? Yeah, I think that's a probably a, a pretty small sample size. Winnipeg would have to be one of his bigger suitors, if there even were suitors. So, for me, Matty P would be a super cheap addition. If you throw out, like, a fifth-round pick or something to Montreal, I'm sure that they would probably take it in a heartbeat because it's super cheap and they get rid of a contract that's not really doing a lot for them recently. And I think for the Jets, it's a move that does actually kind of improve the bottom six because it's so bad, but it's not enough to where you're actually committing a lot of assets, and he probably doesn't move the needle enough to make the playoffs, right? So if your actual goal is to make a move to make a move, but not actually push for the playoffs, this is probably one of the low investment, low risk, but potentially okay reward options because say you actually do make the playoffs and Perot has a really good run. Well, you got full value out of a fifth round pick, you've got playoff revenue, everyone's happy. You miss the postseason, no big deal. All you paid was like a fifth-round pick. The Jets are going to have better draft seeding positioning, so I don't really see how either of these options would be particularly poor. I think in the ultimate end of things, I think the Jets benefit, and I think it makes a lot of sense for both parties to kind of have Perot come home. I'd love for him to retire a Jet. I don't know if retirement is really on his mind, but if he wants to come to Winnipeg and uh, hang up the skates as a member of Winnipeg before he you know, calls it quits, 
I'd be so happy with that. I think he's been one of my favorite Jets players of all time. I think that he's been a tremendous ambassador for this club. And if he wanted to say goodbye by ending his NHL tenure as a member of the Jets, I really feel like Winnipeg should be very much in on this. And he won't cost a lot. He's not going to be a, a huge cap burden. Bring the lad home and let him, you know, send off his, his Jets exploits in style. I'd be curious to know if you would welcome back Perot with open arms. I'm sure most people really love him, but there are some folks out there who seemingly don't. If you're one of them, be sure to let me know why at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. We'll have additional game recaps and trade deadline coverage heading up through the next couple of days, so be sure to stay tuned to uh, our podcast feeds and also check out our YouTube page, which will be updated over the next couple of weeks with some really cool Locked on Jets video content. But again, like I said for tonight's show, that is going to be it. Be sure to make your second listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Rodon and Flip Livingston help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcast media, so be sure to like, follow, and subscribe right now. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!